Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the very first episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I'm sure you can hear my smile through the mic or through your earbuds. You probably can't hear my chills, but I've got it all going on over here. I am thrilled to be finally bringing this vision to life. And I want to talk about that for a minute, right? Can you relate to that feeling when there's an intention, there's a desire, or there's a seed of an idea? And it's something you care about. It's something you want to bring into the world. And then the day comes when you actually get to do that thing. It feels incredible. And I think part of why it feels so incredible is because of how life inevitably creeps in and slows the process of manifestation down, right? And that's not to say that we can't create things instantly in our lives because sometimes we absolutely can. We can put our minds to something and it appears. However, so often there are things that we care about. There are things that we want and distractions happen. People need us. There's a to-do list to tackle. You know, things come up. And that takes us away from our focus. It takes us away from being able to nurture that intention or that desire with all of the ferocity and all of the intensity that we may have had when the initial idea came to us, right? So when we can keep at it, when we can hold on to that desire and we can come back to it, when we have the energy, when we have the time, when we have the inspiration, and slowly over time create that thing as a reality, it's pretty freaking wild. So thank you for being a part of me being able to bring this vision to life, this podcast to life. And a reminder to you, if there was something in your life that you've had to put down, or if there's a seed of an idea that you have right now and you've got the energy going for it, either which way, this is a reminder for you to make it count. This is a reminder for you that there's always enough time that we don't have to push to birth the thing instantly, right? I totally believe in divine timing. I really do believe that the things that are meant for us 
will come to us when we're meant to have them. And this is coming from a woman who wants some pretty crazy, amazing things in her life. And I want them now. (laughs) But I do trust that they will come to me when they are supposed to, that I will create the pathway to march towards them until I am unstoppable and bring those things to me exactly when I meant to have them. And this is a little tiny taste of what you're going to get on this show. I'm going to tell you stories that are going to be little scraps of magic. I'm going to invite guests to share gifts, to share wisdom that are little scraps of magic. We live in a world where there's a lot of grief, there's a lot of heaviness. And so one of the things that I aim to do with this show is to bring you some magic because it exists It is out there in the world waiting to be found. It is within your bones, your blood, every part of you just waiting to be manifested, waiting to be born. And it can be in these little small ways, right? Picking up an old idea that you set to the side and that you kind of just forgot about, right? It gathered dust. And maybe you thought eventually, oh yeah, that was just a someday maybe, or that was like a pie in the sky, crazy idea. And maybe it was, right? There are those things in our lives that are never meant to be born. They're never meant to be brought to life, at least by us. And that is perfectly okay. But I guarantee you, there are some of those dreams that you have let fall away from you. And somewhere along the way, you began to believe that those dreams didn't belong to you, that you weren't worthy of bringing them to life because you got slowed down. Other things took your attention. Well, guess what? You still can breathe life into the things that matter to you. You can reinvent it. You don't have to leave it there unless that's really truly what you want. So I digress from that little story. I am going to be, I think for all of my episodes, I don't know, we'll see. I do love writing, so I'm sure I will write some episodes out. Um, But I'm planning to do most of them unscripted because I want this to feel like a conversation, right? I don't want it to feel like a robot is talking to you. (laughs) There will be structure. There will be nuggets of wisdom. You will always walk away with something that will be inspiring in some way. You'll definitely walk away with some off-the-cuff little messages. And so here was your first. (laughs) Because what I do want to do for this episode one is tell you a few things. All right. And I'm going to outline those for you now. So I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell you how I came to be a life and embodiment coach, a Reiki practitioner and EFT practitioner, a women's circle facilitator. I'm going to tell you how I started my business. I am also going to explain a little bit more about who this podcast is for. You got a little bit of that on my lovely intro that you listened to that brought you to this episode. But I want to explain a little bit more about the women, the people that I have created this podcast for. And I also want to let you know a little bit about who you can expect to hear from. What kinds of guests can you expect to hear from, I should say. So I am going to tell you who this podcast is for now. How does that sound? Good? Good. (laughs) So this podcast is for women who are seeking magic in their lives, women who know they were made for more, women who are waiting to activate their power, their next level, 
women who are searching for healing and women who understand or who are open to learning that healing does not always have to be a dark, scary business. Yes, it absolutely can be. And we will go there. (laughs) There are shadow parts. There is grief. There is rage. That's a part of healing. But healing can be fun. It can be light. It can be magical. It can happen in sisterhood and through laughter. This podcast is for women who want to live fully, who when you look back on all of your days, when you look back on your time on this planet on earth, that you know you didn't let it be wasted. How many of your days do you feel like you really, really live fully? And I don't say that to make you feel like, well, shit, right? I've already got so many things that I have to do. Now I have to live extra fully, (laughs) right? I don't mean to shame you because I absolutely have many days where I lay flat on my back for as long as possible. Now I do have children to take care of. So I mean, (laughs) I don't get to lay flat for that long, really. But um, I do the mindless scrolling. I binge watch TV shows. I don't always do what I need to do or should do or want to do to move the needle forward. So I'm not here to criticize or judge. But I am here to breathe that life, that inspiration into you so that you can make as many of your moments count. You know, it's those little moments. Like this is an example of the little scraps of magic in your life. A moment when you want to feel alive, letting yourself have that, right? There was this self-led retreat I went on with a couple of my friends maybe a year and a half ago. And I was away from my kids for the weekend, which felt amazing. They were younger. So right at the time of this recording, I've got a four and a half year old and a two and a half year old, both boys. And they love mama. (laughs) They want a lot from mama. Um, And especially a year and a half ago, goodness, I was like, neck deep in just baby cuddles and diapers and tantrums and, you know, all the things. And so when I got away from my kids, I was like, I want to feel free. I want to feel free. And so to boil it down to this one simple moment, it was the spring, it was May and Lake Michigan. So it was very, very cold in the lake. I, I didn't have a thermometer. I don't know what the actual temperature was, but it was damn cold. Let me tell you. The reason I know this is because it was like a warmish spring day. It was in the 60s. And we were, you know, just like laying in the sand and talking and searching for stones and doing grown-up beach things. And oh, I just felt in my body the desire to just run and be immersed in that water. And so I took off. I dove in. I got completely submerged under the water. And it took my breath away. It was so fucking cold. It was so cold. And I squealed and I squawked and I screamed. And when I was ready and I'd done enough splashing around, I ran back to the shore and I laid in the sand and let the hot sun just cover my body. And it felt like nothing else in this world. It felt amazing. This is just one moment. And so often I find that in adulthood, We come up with every reason not to do the thing, not to go jump in the lake, not to go in the freezing cold water, not to rub sand all over our bodies, right? We start thinking, oh, the water's going to be way too cold. I'm going to be freezing when I get out. Oh, and then I'm going to be wet. And then the sand's going to get all over me and into my bathing suit. And then it's going to be itchy and uncomfortable. And then I'm going to have to walk back to the house with sand rubbing up against my sandals. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And oh, I'm not going to do it. I'll just dip my toes in, right? 
How often does that narrative run through your mind? How often do you make choices because that voice came in instead of listening to the voice of desire, the voice that says, let's be free. Let's go run in the lake. Let's go under the water. Let's go roll around in the hot sand afterwards and watch it glitter all over your body. And ah, right. And so this podcast is for the woman that wants more fucking moments like that. The woman who wants to feel alive, the woman who wants to know her truth, the woman who isn't scared of the darker parts, or if she is, if she is scared, that's okay, but she's ready to go there. She's ready to be supported in seeing those parts of herself. This podcast is for women who are looking to heal and regulate their nervous systems, and so I will do some of that. I'm going to be offering meditations. That's something that I create for my clients. It's something that I bring into all of my women's circles, to a lot of my group programs, and so some episodes here, and I'll you know, it'll say in the subject line and all, or is that what it's called? It's the title. I don't know. Um, it'll say if it's a meditation, so you'll know when you want to tap into some, some stillness and steadiness. Um, so that will be there for you. This podcast is for women who want to learn more about cycles, moon cycles, the seasons, your menstrual cycle. I mean, the ways that we can work with cycles, completely miraculous. So we'll have episodes about that. I will likely be offering some tapping too on this podcast. So again, just like the meditations, you'll know if it's one of those types of transmissions versus a conversation or a life lesson or a dialogue. Um, but I want for this podcast to be exactly the name of it, little scraps of magic, these little pieces of gold and fire that will get you through your days. Not only get you through your days, but like supercharge your days with life, with your potential, with your power. And spiritual, there's going to be a spiritual side. There's going to be a witchy side. I I am very multidimensional. I have many parts of me. So I believe in past lives. I can tell you about ones that I've lived. I believe in spirit guides. I can tell you about mine and I will. But I also like to watch Gilmore Girls and play soccer with my kids in the front yard and scroll my phone and disengage, right? So while I love to be present, while I love to be deeply connected, rooted, grounded, also wild, free, and untethered and floating around in the air at times, well, all of that's a part of me and that's what I will bring to you on this podcast, a reminder that we're all human and that we're allowed to have different parts of ourselves. I, I didn't used to understand this. <laughs> I used to think that I really had to pick a category and stick with it, right? This is how I dress. I'm preppy <laughs> or I'm funky and retro or something along those lines, right? This is the kind of music I listen to. This is the way I do my hair. God, how boring. I mean, for me, I love the people in my life who you know that's their jam and they're predictable and you know what they're going to look like and sound like and act like. And, you know, I, I like to think I'm predictable and stable in, in a lot of ways too. I am. <laughs> um, but for me, God, the sense of freedom I got when I realized I can do this today and be that tomorrow. I can like different things. I can have different kinds of friends. I can have different lanes that I live in. 
So a reminder to any of you that are listening, you know, if you ever feel like you've got to present yourself a certain way and you always have to be that way, who told you that? Who said? I mean, maybe someone did tell you that and and said that and that's okay. It doesn't mean it has to be the truth though. It doesn't mean it has to be the truth. You create your truth. You decide. All right. So that's a little bit more about who this podcast is for. And then people that you can expect to hear on this show. Some of them will be my friends, honestly, just my friends, because I think we have some pretty magical conversations. Um, Some of them will be women who are healers, women who are intuitives, women who are empathic. I have so many incredible women in my life spiritual mentors, women who speak light language. I have friends who are really gifted in all sorts of healing arts like Reiki, like tapping, like breath work, guided meditations, shadow work, all of these different modalities. And so you will be hearing from women like that. Um, I'm not astrologically versed, but I'm interested in it here and there. So I definitely will be sprinkling some of that in with podcast guests. But I've mentioned some of the spiritual lane of people that I'll bring on the show, but I'll also bring people on the show who have created magic in their lives in other ways. So you're going to have a variety of people that you're going to hear on this show. Um, It might be people who have started their own business. It might be people who have been told this is the way you do it and this is how. And instead of listening to those people who thought they knew right what was best, they listened to themselves. They tuned into their intuition. They figured out what lights them up, what's easier for them to do. And even if it's not the traditional, conventional, or recommended way, they did it because they listened to themselves, right? So you'll have guests that are bringing those kinds of messages to you. Again, with this goal, with this end game in mind that when you plug in here, when you come and put your earbuds on or you put this podcast on in your car, that you are seeking to find little scraps of magic, that you are seeking to find different ways to activate your truth, your power, your gifts, and to bring it alive in you, to bring it alive in the world. So that's what you can expect from, you know, the types of guests or what I might bring to the show. And finally, I'm going to wrap up this show with my story, my story, why I'm here today, why I'm doing my life the way that I'm doing it. So here we go. As you know now, right, I'm Steph. I'm a life and embodiment coach. I'm a women's circle facilitator. I do EFT. I do Reiki. I am married to an amazing, beautiful, sexy, talented, strong man (laughs) named Mike. We met in college. We've been together about 15 years now. I've got two beautiful sons, Bruce and Everett. And at the time of this recording, they're four and a half, Bruce and Everett is two and a half. And I've got two amazing doggies who are gonna be 11 years old. That's Denver and Colette, so our original babies. I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I was born and raised in Cleveland. If you're a local listener, I mainly grew up in Cleveland Heights with my mom. My dad lived in Chagrin Falls, so I would spend part of my time there as well. 
and yeah, met my husband at Denison University near Columbus, Ohio, and we moved out to Colorado for a couple of years out of college. Um, loved living out there, loved the outdoors, and ultimately came home. I did not know at the time I was I struggled with depression and anxiety. And so I was in my early 20s, away from all my friends, with the love of my life, but definitely was feeling homesick and and didn't know how to support myself because I wasn't aware that I was someone who struggled with depression. I didn't know what feelings of doom and gloom meant that settled in my belly and like would come at me in waves. I didn't know when I'd go to a restaurant and the lights would seem like they were flickering and I couldn't swallow my food. I could barely even swallow at all. Like, I didn't know. That was a little panic attack. Um, So we came back to Cleveland, partially because of that, partially because I was feeling depressed and anxious, um, but also because there was this revitalization happening in Cleveland. And if you grew up in Cleveland, most likely you didn't think it was that great. You know, there were, it was the mistake on the lake and there were all these reasons why it just wasn't a cool place to be. Um, but being away from it, being in a drier climate away from actually the humidity that I love, like I love the humidity in Cleveland. I love the rain. I love the gloomy days. I love sun. Don't get me wrong. Like I am Leo. I love charging in the sun, but I also love those gloomy days and man, Denver, it's sunny all the time. But we wanted to be a part of the revitalization. There was something about the grit that it takes to be a Clevelander. And when we got wind that like, oh, there's some cool things starting to happen in Cleveland. We wanted to we wanted to come back. And and so we did. We bought a house in an up and coming neighborhood, a super cheap, put tons of work into it. Boy, did we buy that thing with rose-colored glasses on. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. It was in a little area called Tremont. Is an old steelworker's cottage, and we just had watched too much HGTV and thought if you put enough paint on something, it will look great. <laughs> and actually, we were kind of right, but we we had no idea how much work was going to be involved. Anyway, so we moved back to Cleveland, and that's where I live now. That's where I do my life. That's where I, I am so delighted to be doing a lot of business in person now. But yeah, let me tell you about my work. Let me tell you about my spiritual life and about how I started my business because to me that is like the biggest scrap of magic. (laughs) So, you know, I went to college to be a teacher. I thought I would teach in conventional schools and public schools. That's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be of service. I wanted to help communities that were in need. However, when I started learning about the U.S. education system. And when I started really learning what it meant to be an educator in a public school, in a conventional school, I realized that for me, it was not in alignment. You know, the U.S. education system definitely asks that we sit still, stay inside the lines, raise your hand if you want to be called on, don't speak unless you're spoken to, fill in the blank, circle the right answer, right? Um, Oh, bell rang. Stop thinking about what you were just thinking about and let's move on to the next thing. I just couldn't do it. It felt to me like being more of a drill sergeant than an aid to life. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be nurturing and, and help people feel good in the world. 
And part of this was due to my own experience within the school system. So I had undiagnosed ADHD, but there was no hyperactivity component for me. It was all inattentive. And so I struggled. I couldn't remember. I still can't. (laughs) Tell me something. I will forget what you said like three seconds later, especially if it's not something that's about emotions or intuition or communication. So, you know, facts, I cannot remember them. And so I was always the kid that was like, I was always the good, quiet girl, but then I would be like looking to people like, what did she just say? What did she say? And looking at other people's paper, you know, while we're taking notes because I couldn't remember what had just been said. So I struggled. I'd study for like 20 hours in a weekend for an exam and get a D. I was always gifted in in writing and reading and my communication style classes, but anything, history, math, science, all of that, so hard for me. And I felt stupid growing up. I, I just thought there's something wrong with me. I, I wasn't able to tap into my gifts, my soft skills, right? The being intuitive, being good with people, all of those things, they weren't really seen as valuable, at least not in a school setting. And so going to school, (laughs) feeling like it was such a struggle, I think I wanted to become a teacher for two reasons. Number one, I didn't think I was smart enough to do anything else. I didn't feel like a real adult. Like I couldn't do an adult job because I can't remember anything. But a teacher, I could do that. I can remember in my 20s and 30s, I'm thinking, I'll be able to remember how to help a kindergartner or a first grader. Okay, so that's one reason. But then number two was what I mentioned and wanting to bring magic into the world, wanting to create beauty and a safe space for children because I felt so anxious going to school all the time. The only thing I liked was seeing my friends (laughs) once I learned that I wasn't good at all of the academic stuff. And so went to school to be a teacher, realized though, oh shit, I don't think that I could be a teacher because it's going to ask me to drill things into children, the same things that I struggled with. But then I found the beautiful world of Montessori. And if you don't know what Montessori is, you can look it up at the very brief explanation would be it's a child-centered approach to learning. It looks at children, where they are at a specific age, developmentally, and then what do we surround them with? What do we offer them in order to appeal to their senses, in order to appeal to where they are developmentally so that they can flourish with ease? And so it's like giving them a lot of free movement at certain times in their life. It's giving them a lot of practical life activities at a certain time in their life. It's giving them access to resources when their imagination is wild. So it's meeting them where they are, right? It's allowing them to cultivate their strengths, So the way the classroom is set up is they could be working on math all day for weeks. Yeah, you're going to slip some reading in there. You're going to do some of that. But the idea is work with a kid on the subject that they are primed to be absorbing in that moment, in that particular season of their life and trust that there's going to be another season where they're going to be primed for something different and you're going to be able to hit not like hit them hard with it, <laughs> but you'll be able to, you know, bring them that information at that time. Whereas the way our, our system is now in a conventional schools, it's 30 minutes for math, 30 minutes for reading, 30 minutes for this bell ring, switch gears, right? It doesn't really allow them to get in a flow state with something. And Montessori allows for children to do that. It allows for educators to meet the children where they are so that they can flourish. 
And my belief is our world is a better place and we are better people when we are able to focus on the things that light us up, right? We don't all have to be proficient at everything. Our world is better if we get to become genius at something. So I got into Montessori and I loved it. I really, truly, truly loved it. I did that for nearly 10 years, a couple of years in Colorado out of college, and then moved back to Cleveland did my Montessori AMI training for elementary and had my own classroom then in Cleveland. And when I had my first son, Bruce, that's when everything began to change. Now, I guess things changed a little bit before I had Bruce because I did start feeling this like burning desire for freedom. You know, I I liked a lot about being a Montessori teacher, but I started thinking, gosh, I really hate getting up at this time every day. I really hate that no matter how I slept last night, I have to get up at this time. I have to be at work at this time. I have to come with this level of energy. And no matter how I'm feeling, I have to sustain that energy until this time each day. Oh, and you're a teacher? You don't get to take vacation when you want, when you feel burnt out, when you feel exhausted. You take it during summer break during winter break or during spring break, right? But those are like winter break is crazy or summer. You don't necessarily need an extra dose of sun, right? Um, So I hated that I couldn't do those things. And I did feel, I just knew, I had this knowing, like there is something else inside of me. There is something else inside of me that is waiting to be birthed, that is waiting to come out into the world. What is it? And the desire for freedom and that little whisper was always brewing. And so I started listening to podcasts on my way to work of people starting their own businesses and how did they do it. So anyway, fast forward, then I had my son Bruce and then everything really did change because that little whisper of, oh, there's something else out there for me, right? There's something else for me to do. Um, I could be living my life differently. I could take vacation when I want. I could yada, yada, whatever. It became a necessity. I just thought, you know, it was really hard to think about being with other people's children all day instead of with my own. The amount of energy it takes to be a teacher and to be responding to children and initiating things with children all day and then going home to your own. Wow. So the first year Bruce was born, I was able to cut down to part-time hours. My my husband, you know, we still needed for me to have my income from teaching to keep my job. But what I was able to do was drop two of my work days each week. And so I became an assistant. I gave up my classroom. I supported other teachers in the school three days a week. And while it gave me the extra two days with my son, and that's what mattered to me at the time, I was even less fulfilled than with work, right? Because I had no creative freedom. I just was doing what I was told. And I didn't have the same relationships with my students because I worked in different rooms every day. And so I kind of just became increasingly unhappy and it still didn't feel like enough time with my son. And fate kind of intervened and I found out that the following year my position was going to be made full-time. And so at that point, my husband was like, okay, all right, I know how miserable you are. (laughs) I know that you're not going to be an assistant floater full time. 
And he's like, I know how badly you want to start a business. And perhaps now you can take the time to figure out what it is you're going to do, what kind of business you're going to start. But let's do it. You know, he has an entrepreneurial spirit, too. I'll tell you more about Mike and what he's up to and what he's creating. Um, But around the same time, he bought his first rental property. And so we both were like, "Okay, we're going to do this. We are going to create the lives that we want. We're going to create the little scraps of magic. Right. We're not going to wait. We're not going to have half lives. We're going to do the things that we want to do or we're going to try and fail. At least we'll know. And so. What I started doing with my business was helping parents implement Montessori at home. I had already started creating an Instagram account. I had a following there because I had been sharing freely valuable information about what I was doing in my home with my son. You know, what kinds of Montessori, what what ways was I supporting him with Montessori philosophy and approach? And so I had thousands of followers there and, um, you know, people who trusted me, who I'd built relationships with over a couple of years. So I was like, okay, I'm going to help parents implement Montessori at home. And I'm going to hold digital events for moms where they can come on Zoom, they can connect, they can talk to adults during their day, and they can learn a little bit about either child development, ways to support their child and themselves in the home, or about self-development, ways to open their lives up to more. And it coincided with the pandemic, with COVID and 2020. So I was already planning to start this digital business. And then as I was starting it, the pandemic hit, which really supported the growth of my business because all of a sudden everyone was at home. Now, the thing that was interesting was I had women coming to my digital events. Those were a great success. I didn't have anyone wanting to hire me to help them implement Montessori at home. However, I had a lot of women coming to me asking, how did you start your business? I have an idea that I want to bring into the world. Could you help me? Do you think you could tell me like what you did? Well, I ended up offering my help to a couple of women for free because I, in my mind, I'm like, well, you need to have a degree in whatever you are asking to be paid for, right? That's just the way the world works. That's that's how I felt. That's what I thought. But then when I started supporting women and okay, preface also like, yes, there are certain jobs in the world. You need the schooling. You need a very specific training. Okay, so I I, want to say that. But there are a lot of other roles and positions in the world where you don't need a specific education or training. Right. And coaching was one of them. I realized that it intuitively came to me. And that's when I began to see my intelligence, to see my value, to see my magic. When I allowed myself to step outside of the box that society had created for me, right? Um, And to really just see, like, what can I do? If I allow myself to be free, what can I do? What can I create? And so I pivoted. The, The need and the desire seemed to be help people, help women, specifically at the time, help moms to launch their online business and support them with their mindset, working through those blocks, those limiting beliefs that we all run into when we're trying to step into our greatness. And so that's what I did for a while. And I loved it. I did one-on-one coaching. I did a couple of group programs, just helping women get started with whatever they wanted to bring to life. And, and bust through those limiting beliefs. And 
had a membership eventually too, where women could learn from niche experts about various aspects of building their business that I might not have expertise in, right? But other people did. So I'd bring them into my membership. They'd speak, loved all of it. So much felt effortless. I felt like people were finding me. I was supporting them. Everything was great. And then I had my second son, Everett. And I will have a full episode dedicated to that journey. But the brief part of it is it was a completely desired pregnancy, a desired child. He is utter magic and sweetness. But when he was born, I I even feel before I had him, I kind of started having postpartum depression. I guess it wouldn't be postpartum before. But the anxiety, the dread of how am I going to support my two children? How will my relationship with my first child change? How am I going to do this? And I had felt everything with my first son came so naturally, so easily. I felt like magic, like magic mama. And I really felt that at my core. And then I had Everett and I just felt like all of my gifts, my maternal gifts just sort of got zapped. And with that, my gifts within my business, everything that I had kind of been doing and that had been working stopped working. Nothing fit anymore. I didn't know how to do anything. That's how it felt. And for months, I was in a dark, dark place. I cried all the time. I began screaming at my children. I am someone who doesn't like to raise my voice with them, with children in general, like very patient, very gentle, very respectful of children's feelings, of their voices. Again, like being a former teacher, I just always felt like children aren't offered enough respect. Their voices aren't given enough power. And so I'd always made it my mission to do that. And so to be screaming at my children, my little children, I knew something was not right. So it took me a while to finally seek support and help because I had postpartum depression. I had postpartum depression and I had rage. I remember describing to my therapist, it feels like there's physical noise in my body. I'd say when I get triggered, when I get activated by my kid, I feel like my skin's just going to erupt and explode and I just want to scream. And she recommended somatic therapy, which I didn't know about at the time. And she's like, we can talk things out and it's really helpful. And we can move things out. You can move things out through the breath. You can move things out with Reiki energy. You can move things out through intuitive dance. You can move things out in all of these different ways. And so that is when my spiritual awakening happened. And that is how I got into the line of work that I am in now. So what I had to do was surrender. I had to release. I had to let go of the identity that I'd created for myself, the good girl that I'd always strived to be, the girl, the woman who met the expectations that I thought other people had for me, right? that you dress sort of this way, you do a career that's like that, you don't take pictures that look like this, you don't talk about things like that. Anything that felt fringy, off the cuff, too sensual, anything like that, I had just sort of pushed away or ignored, repressed, right? 
And so all of that kind of came bubbling up to the surface when I started going through the postpartum depression and rage. I also had hypothyroidism. I still have it, but I developed it postpartum. So brain fog, weight gain, oh, just all of these different symptoms all thrown at me. And so being someone who had shied away from doing the work, as the phrase goes, being someone who had shied away from that my whole life, I was brought into a situation where I had no choice but to do the work, right? That was the only way that I was going to survive this. And so I did. I began receiving Reiki healing. I began practicing breath work. I began practicing EFT or tapping along with my talk therapy. I began working with a spiritual mentor because I started feeling these vibes and these messages that were coming through for me. And so that's what brought me to where I am. I I switched off from business coach and mindset coach. And that's where I just briefly mentioned, right, the surrender, the releasing, everything that I had known. Like, okay, you thought that your career was going to look this way. And golly gee, it was moving along so nicely and wasn't that grand. But it's not anymore. So let it fucking go. Put it down and let the next thing come, right? And we can't let the next thing come unless we make the space. And so that meant giving up the things that I had built, grieving them, but making room for the next thing to come. And so I I ended up then moving into calling myself a transition and transformation coach because I myself was hugely in a transition and I knew the ways that I had supported myself through it, right? And I mentioned at the top of the show that I will be talking about cycles with the moon, with the seasons, with your menstrual cycle. Like this was a big, big thing for me too. And working that into my job as a transition and transformation coach, which I still believe fully that I do. I just now use the the term life and embodiment because I think it's more all-encompassing of how I can help women and who I can help. But it's really been through following the path before me that I've gotten to where I am now. And it was in always seeking to have magic in my life, even in the darkest times, even in that postpartum depression and rage time, I knew I wanted magic. I knew I had had magic. And that was so hard to think you had it. You had it. Where did it go? Where did it go? What happened? And I felt like such an utter failure. Like I'd lost at life, but I just knew like if I just keep holding on here, if I just can reveal what's beneath the surface and what I feel is in my future, then everything's going to be okay. There is this magic that is available to me and I am going to find it again. And I absolutely did. I activated that magic. I live in that magic now. And, you know, there's all kinds of magic. There's dark magic. There's light magic. So it's, again, not to say that I don't struggle in my life. It's not to say that I don't move slowly like I'm in molasses at times because I do. I do all of that. I'm a normal person. So as much as I'm seeking magic, as much as I'm trying to inspire others to do the same, I still rest. I still chill. (laughs) Ah, but that feels like the end to story time. There's so much more about my life. There is so much more about what I'm doing currently. But just in respect to your time, to my energy and how I can feel it naturally fading now, 
I'm going to wrap this show. So I want to thank you again for tuning into this first episode. I will be aiming to keep a lot of my shows shorter, like between 20 and 30 minutes. If it's a solo episode, um, this first one, it's a little bit longer because felt like there was a lot that I wanted to put out there and, and share with you what's brought me here. And there's so much more to tell, but I will do that in coming episodes. So sending you all the love and little scraps of magic. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss anything. And if you're ready to create some magic in your life right now, if you're craving a return to the energy and innocence of your inner child, then our Flower Child Retreat, October 7th through the 9th in Logan, Ohio, is just what your soul needs. Your inner goddess is invited to activate her essence while immersed in luxury summer camp vibes. Picture yourself hopping in the heated saltwater swimming pool, waking to yoga, sound baths, and meditations, nourishing your body with beautiful organic foods, and lounging in the hot tub with soul sisters at this incredible forested oasis. Head to littlescrapsofmagic.com, that's my website, and then click Flower Child Retreat at the top to learn more and book your room. And as a thank you for being a listener, you can pop in the code Little Scraps of Magic and receive 10% off your spot. Thanks for listening and have a magical day.